<laughs> you slept with my brother, Janet. <laughs> 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 Why, hello everybody and welcome to an open mic pain with Anthony and Wayne. And I'm here today with my co-host, Wayne Russell. How you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. Doing good. And we're here today for my favorite, uh, who gives a shit about me? Because today (laughs) what we're talking about is our bombs. And they're my favorite series, the OMP bomb series, baby. Uh, we bombed so frequently, we thought that we would periodically check in with you guys and tell you about them uh, because they keep us up at night and they're very interesting. So last time we had a bomb series episode, it was, um, I was talking about the Burren um, era of bombing. Yeah. And yep. since then, you know, that was October to November. Now we're going to do December into January. We've had some bombs, baby. So, um, yeah, give us a rundown. What do you think, Wayne? Yeah, there's been quite a bit. Honestly, I'm, I'm trying to think back, and I know there's been a ton of them. Um, there's a couple that stick out of my head. Um, one more recently uh, <laughs> than, than others just because it was the other night. Uh, so I, yeah, I we're going to highlight yeah, like two in particular. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start with that one. Uh, this past Tuesday, I went to the safe, and... It was it was an interesting night. As time as time went on, people ended up leaving, and I've been working on my uh, clean set. And I don't know, I just really kind of wasn't feeling it that night. And then when I finally got up, it just felt like nothing was hitting. Like I, I I think that's the first time I've done five minutes of silence in a very long time. Like I had a couple of little hits on. You know, like my pronoun bit and uh, the dad bod bit. Got a couple chuckles, but it was weird, man. It was it was it was definitely a, a far cry from the following night when we went to uh, Old Court. Um, it's just so so wild how how different it was. But uh, I I felt so much like a child <laughs> standing on stage with my pants around my ankles that night. Yes, and he looked like one, folks. I saw the footage. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was reminiscent of a set like we used to have in Jamaica Plain, where you would just be, everybody there is looking at the ground, and you're just like, okay, and you're just doing through the motion. Um, the difference, though, on this one, at least I could pick up on the audio, I think the talking that people were doing were in that little nook, right, and they weren't. Yeah. overtly in front of you. Um, that sucks about the Jamaica Plain one is that the bar, they talk right in front of you. So it's kind of hard to, yeah. to talk through it. But still, I mean, you heard talking during your set? I did, a little bit, yeah. Um, there was also a, a woman, two two women uh, right at the front uh, sitting at the bar that were listening, but one of them was like stone-faced, like just wasn't having anything anybody was saying. And... Terrence, uh, you know Terrence from Worcester? Mm-hmm. Dude, he was fantastic. He goes up, and mm-hmm. a few minutes into his set, he goes, all right, I think i got like a minute left. I'm going to spend that money, uh, that minute trying to make you laugh. And he just rapid-fired some of the most hilarious things I've ever heard, and she didn't even crack a smile. 
the girl next to her was dying, like rolling on the floor laughing. This girl was like stone face. I was like, damn. I was like, Darren, she's a fucking awesome dude. But that girl was tough. She was a tough cookie. Well, I gotta say, I really appreciate when somebody is doing their set and they're like, you know what, Audible, and they go into something like that. I don't have those chops, so good for Terrence for being able to Audible on the fly like that. He's one of the most. He's one of the most confident people I think I've ever seen on a stage. Ninety percent of the battle, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of motherfucker, you did your uh, Tracy Morgan uh, bit. So so that's that's (laughs) so that's a mini bomb. I was gonna bring up. Since we brought it up, the, the old court, I uh, I threw a reference to uh, a reference of um, Tracy Morgan into one of my jokes, and I I really wanted to do a Tracy Morgan impression. Unfortunately, the only one that I know is when he was talking about stabbing his son for being gay, which I think I could kind of do, but I'm not dropping the end bomb. So I was trying to change it a little bit. So instead of saying like "but but not my son was good," stab that mother. you know like I I ended up doing it. I said I told you like I forget even how I said it. I was like I told you shoot that motherfucker. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close to a Tracy Morgan impression. You got to get like real slow and like and you laughed at mouth. it. You did it. Then you laughed at it. You I laughed because I knew it was bad. It. And everybody went horrible. kill him. Kill him. <laughs> but yes, that was. Morgan, you gotta get that air in the, you get the air in the mouth. You gotta bring your neck back because he's like very like. And and you can't like, you can't say words like it's one word. You gotta say words like they're separate words. Like motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I I failed on I failed on every aspect of that impression. So that was a mini bomb inside the set. But I think the rest of it went pretty well. I had I had a couple people in the front there. Uh, chuckling uh, majority yeah. of the time, so wasn't too bad. Yep. Hiroshima was, was Tuesday. Hiroshima was Tuesday. You Nagasaki them on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, how about you? What's uh, what is, what has happened to you uh, that has hurt your feelings in the past couple <laughs> couple months? <laughs> Definitely been some. Uh, my favorite though was Donahue's in Watertown. So that was my I've been favorite want- as well. Yeah, so this actually would be your best set since the burn, right? Didn't you say that? Would you still agree? Yes, that, that was a good definitely one. that was my that was my best set since the burn. Or since and the burn was since terrible the, since the night since the night before the burn. Uh, the first yeah, time we went to the point was pretty good. Um, but yeah, that was my best set. I had I think I had consistent laughter through the whole thing, which which made your bomb bittersweet. Mm. Um, for me. No, it's sweet because of how it happened. That's the thing. The great thing about this bomb was the room was good. There's lots of people in it. That's the people that we like because the Watertown people are kind of connected to the Lowell people a little bit weirdly. Um, But this is the thing. There is a um, mic on Sundays. The Was it Sunday Funday mic? Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's Sunday Funday, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Jacques Cabaret. Yeah. Um, which is obviously going to be a higher bringing of the LGBTs over there. And they were canceled that day. So all those comics came to this one. So it was really full and up. And I didn't really consider that um, they were like, I didn't, because they're all obviously just regular people. I didn't go peacocks. I was like, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're just people. <laughs> and, so I was just thinking about my set normally. 
And I have a trigger. So when Wayne does 75% or more of his set about a dick, an ode to dicks Wayne has in some of his sets, I have a trigger joke that I like to do, especially if I go after him. Where uh, And I've said it on the podcast before, so sorry if you've heard it. But Wayne Brady came out as pansexual, a couple from Whose Lines It Anyways, America's Sweetheart. We all love Wayne Brady. Came out as pansexual. And uh, my joke is, I go on stage, I go, I don't really know what that is, but I know it's the second gayest thing somebody named Wayne has done. And I've done it three, four times. Every time, I'm like catching roses, I feel like. I'm like, I know. Isn't it topical? Isn't he gay? All this stuff. (laughs) And And I get it. But on this night, that was not a good idea to do, Anthony, because um, although it is not hurtful at the gays at all to compare Wayne to them, apparently it really is because they were like, this fucking guy, no fucking way. And they were <laughs> like, we don't want him. <laughs> yeah, I, I've come to this. The only thing that makes me feel better about this bomb is that I hope that they were so offended that you were with them that um, they hated me for even mentioning it. But yeah, I said that joke to silence. My theory on that is my set went so good that when you came out to make fun of me, they were all like, "Ah, oh, my baby, you don't talk like that." I'm yeah, like, my baby. You know what? I will. Whatever you say happened, I will allow it to happen because that's how much <laughs> shit got stuffed in my mouth. <laughs> so, because this is the thing, I was so sure that was gonna work. Because I get so excited when I'm about to do it, uh, because it works so good the couple times that I did it before, that I sell that thing like I'm like, <laughs> here's the best joke you ever heard, and I did it to nothing, to just everybody going, hi, how about fuck you, uh, and and then except which made it worse, Wayne chuckled a little bit in the background. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. Yeah. Which made it even funnier because I was the only one. I don't know if you could hear that, but I was the only one laughing. <laughs> yeah. And it blunted my sword, folks. Because uh, after that, every joke I did didn't work. I had no confidence in it. And I ate shit for the whole time. And I got to tell you, when you eat shit at a mic and everybody else does, no harm, no foul. It wasn't meant to be. Everybody sucks. But when you see a good amount of people do good and you're the one that eats shit, that is like a, I'm stopping this. I'm never doing this again. It's just not meant for me. Obviously, I'm not good at it. That's the feeling that you get when that happens. So that was funny. But, man, here's a lesson to you. Don't shit on the chest of the people who don't want you to shit on their chest. <laughs> that's funny. That's, uh, that's exactly the way I felt on... on... Wednesday morning after the safe when I sent you my set from the previous night and you just bombarded me with here's everything you did wrong. I did. <laughs> Which I appreciated. I in hindsight I appreciate it. I wasn't in the mood, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I am so this is this is a uh criticism that my wife has of me. You know when your wife comes up to you and she's venting? And you should just listen to her, but instead you just try to no. fix it for. Her. <laughs> no, never happens. <laughs> no, never listen. That makes sense. Typecast it, but I think that's a common thing. You're, you, sometimes you just want to vent. You don't want the solution 
to the issue. You want to just be like, that just sucked. Stop telling me what to do about it. And I think I'm very, I'm very practical. I'm very like when someone's like, man, this didn't do good. I'm like, maybe it's because you're a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I should be better. Um, Should be better about that. Like I should have given you a day and be like, Wayne, you know what was good about that good for nothing set that you did at the safe that made everybody have a 2% less opinion of you. (laughs) (laughs) I should line for line fucking vet it and break it down. (laughs) Uh, That's the fun part about comedy though. I love it. Cause we're not doing like, you know, you eat shit one night. Who cares? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the bombing is fun. Like we talk about it all the time. The brick, the brick was like the most fun bomb. 10 minutes of silence, but I had a blast telling my most disgusting thoughts to that old lady in the front row. Um, and that's a good uh, advice to, like, uh, we had someone come up to us at the old court asking about how to get started in comedy and the nerve-wracking effect of, of doing it and all that. And I think yeah. the thought process of somebody going 10 minutes of bombing must be the worst thing in the entire world and you're like it really depends on what your perspective is of it like maybe if we're talking you're opening for louis ck at madison square garden it's your big shot and you're eating shit and you're like my life's over i've ruined this mm-hmm. now this is a this is an opportunity wasted i get that that's different but let's just say it's a set at the cellar in new york and you do it all the time or it's one of the open mics mm-hmm. around here or all that stuff you can bomb for 10 minutes and just laugh about it in your head as it's going on like <laughs> Because there's yeah, not I much think, stakes. Yeah, I think one of the things to think about, too, is that when you go to these open mics, you don't want to be the funniest person at the open mic. You're there to figure out what works and to make things, figure out how things flow. And when you're on stage, sometimes you come up with a, a tag or something on the spot. That's what it's there for. You're not there to make other comics laugh. It is nice when it happens, 100%. But you, that's really just like priming the gun uh, for the bullet to fire in a show. You know? That's true. Because at a show, there's a at a show, there's the possibility of catching lightning in a bottle, as we call it, where, where the energy of the room gets so out of control that I really feel like that's the way that your wicked funny set was kind of yeah. lightning got caught in a bottle, where uh, the energy just gets such a, a fever pitch that everybody just got to go out there and just dance a little bit, and they're gonna get that momentum and stuff going, um, and that's fantastic. But open mics don't have that. There's no lightning in a bottle to catch. Um, so right. it's more about having the tools that you can dance when that's available. And I think part of that is when you, you know, when you go to one of these shows, like, you know, the ones that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, those people that are going for the most part, probably don't go to comedy shows multiple times a week. So the first few times me and you did an open mic and anybody does an open mic, it's like, man, this is brand new. And you're just like, this is funny. This is great. Ha, and everybody's, you know, you're paying attention and really laughing. But 60, 70 mics in, you're like, okay, I've been here, done that. I've heard that guy tell that joke 17 times. Yep, I know the punchline to that. And it, it, it kind of changes. So, yeah, that lightning in a bottle in a show setting where people aren't spending their life in a, in a basement bar or a whatever is a, is a different uh, different animal. Yeah, and that explains kind of why it's so hard to get laughs at open mics is is it's a it's a time plus open mic factor where 
the longer you're in open mics, the more you've just literally, you know the people and you've heard the jokes. So it's harder to, to get a laugh out. Or newer comics tend to laugh a lot more at them because they're hearing people's stuff for the first time, which is great. We obviously support each other, but it just is what it is, uh, especially now with when we first started we're finding all the open mics going there signing on the list and that's it and i think now half of what we do seems to be stuff that's more like uh we know the people running it and we get on the list that way you know, like a pre-booked mic like Allie's mics mm-hmm. or um yeah uh, the point mics or uh, any of those other ones that we're doing that have that on there so that's a little different too because those ones are like specifically wants to work on like a, a Max Schultz mics on Monday. Like those are the kind of the ones that we're doing and they don't feel as open micy. They're kind of like the intermediate step. Yeah. Especially, especially like uh, alleys and Cameron's uh, at the point mm-hmm. because they're, they are open mics. They're pre-booked open mics, but they're open mics. But if you were to go into the point, or hollowed ground or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, there's comedy downstairs." You know, it's it, it seems like more of a production. You know, the way they, they they handle themselves and present it is more like this is a show, not this is an open mic. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, I don't when I say above, uh, I mean the next step in open mic. I kind of mean it's like a a step that can go in different directions. Like Max's mic is not like a show, but it's a it's different than a regular open mic. It's a feedback mic. So it's like a, right. you know, so that, that, up, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's on pedestal yeah. of yeah. cool. I, I like that, that, that one we've talked about before that one. That's a, there's one of my bombs actually, since we're on it. Um, yeah. One Broadway, uh, the one where Anthony hosted and it was probably one of the best, uh, open mic host that I've seen, not saying that because you know, my friend, co host, all that. Uh, you fucking killed it as a host. Um, but me, on the other hand, I had a list of shit that I was trying and I didn't know any of it that well. And I don't know, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And I, I, I know some of it went over kind of well, some of it didn't mm-hmm. go over as well. But for me, it felt like a complete bomb. But a word to the wise here that um, that experience led me into where I'm at now trying to work on my clean set. I took jokes from there that I liked how it felt or I found out I don't like talking the, about this. I don't like this subject. I don't like the way this sounds. And I distilled it all and I took what I liked from it and I started putting together the bones of my clean set from that night where I felt like a complete asshole when I left. What would you say out of the three ones that you talked about that didn't go particularly well, which one would you say you had your worst performance at? So we're taking the crowd out of the effect. One Broadway. That's interesting because one Broadway went better than the safe as far as laughs go. Uh, But, you feel like your performance is the weakest on that one. I felt uh, less prepared. Um, I felt not as comfortable. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just didn't feel, I feel like it was my worst foot forward there, I guess. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
Yep. Even even if I mean you can say anybody can go up and butcher a joke and still get a laugh. Yep. So with an attentive crowd that is there to really pay attention for some feedback, you know they are going to laugh probably even if you butcher the joke, but you get the point across. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's also that's why when me and, me and you talk about comedy and we're trying to help each other's sets, I really don't take how the crowd reacted to your joke into account too much. I try to really break down your joke when I'm trying to give you advice on it because of that factor that you talked about. If it just happens to be like a random crowd that's just laughing at everything that night, you don't know what you got or if they're a real shit crowd and you have something good. Mm -hmm. So it goes both ways. Um, I had a bomb without you in Portland, Maine. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me and Justin George went out and did a twofer, my very first two mics in one night, which I know is crazy that, that I haven't at this point, but everything's a fucking hour from me. So I, I'm not going to, not going to do two hours there and back. I'll, I'll die of sadness. But anyways, Portland has two mics on one night. Um, I believe it was Thursdays. And we went, so the first is Carlo, uh, runs a mic and, um, it was fantastic. It was like a bar set up and they did trivia during it, which was really cool. Um, and you would really like that actually, Wayne. So I didn't even think I told you about this. So when we did the first mic in Portland, mm-hmm. um, hi, something I forgot the name of it. Sorry. Uh, Carlo runs it. He's great. Um, they did trivia during the night and the comics would go up in between rounds and the people at the bar would play trivia. And uh, we would, you know, they'd pay attention to us. Whoa, and then they would do the next round of them. And that was really cool. Uh, because we got to stand behind the bar. So if you were sitting at the bar, you were facing us. And it went great. But then I went, let's do two in one night like a stupid piece of shit. And I took my great set and I went over to a Chinese restaurant in Portland. Who had this beautiful stage upstairs that I sent Wayne a picture of. And I was like, look at this. This place is awesome look how amazing it is and um i should have known that i was gonna go in there and all the comics would be standing by the bar not paying attention and one table of four women would be there and i had to do comedy directly to them and they didn't like it spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) uh they really you know what they I, i um i've been getting ready for a set for delusional uh comedy and so I've been working a couple five-minute rotations. And I did three rotations that week of five minutes. And one portion of it worked at each place. And at this place, the portion that worked was uh, a joke that I have about To Catch a Predator, which is really funny. Because that worked really well for these group of girls. But then I did my immigrant's parents bit, which has child abuse and racism and all kinds of great stuff baked into that one. And they hated every second of that. Like the once I started talking about child abuse, which is on me, which uh, you could totally talk about. That's what you get Can, for it. May May I ask the uh, were they uh, were the women white? Yes. So we talked about relatability, right? So not saying that white people can't be abused or everything, but um, your jokes about immigrants and immigrant parents beating you with a sandal and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. So I wonder if the, the relatability wasn't there for them. 
Yeah, you know what? Because when white parents beat their kids, it's sad. But when immigrants (laughs) do, it's funny. I never thought about that. It's like, before. it's like you know, like white parents. Like, there's always the possibility they go just a little too far. Yeah. Immigrant parents know like where to stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a big. Like, white parents in... can end up in a lie detector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You emotional Irish pricks. <laughs> <laughs> you slept with my brother, Janet. <laughs> 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 that's the intro <laughs> uh fuck but yeah no they didn't like it bombed my dick off so what else did we have any more of them i feel like that's yeah the... so i don't i don't know if we uh talked about this in the last one but even if we did it might be worth bringing it up again but uh the dancy safe Oh yeah, I mean, did we bomb at the dancey safe? Uh, you bombed at the dancey safe. I think I did pretty good. I got, I, got, I locked in with the crows. I, I, got some, I got some laughs. Some laughs. It wasn't. A, it you wasn't brought a, it up because like... this is the bomb episode, and you said we haven't talked about the dancey safe. I figured you thought you bombed. No, so it was ten minutes. I probably bombed for like eight of them. But I still got a few laughs. <laughs> yeah. So Wayne's sex life to his stage life is so fucking interchangeable. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Three out of Nothing the four minutes were minutes agony. <laughs> <laughs> Just the procreation ones. <laughs> um, no, I mean I wouldn't call it a complete bomb. There, you know, we definitely we both had moments in the in the in our respective ten minutes that went pretty well. Um, but for me specifically, I was thinking of uh, when that was my time where I just had to get some dark stuff off my chest and I was doing the Chris Benoit bits. Uh, and that was <laughs> Nobody could talk Wayne out of that. Yeah. yeah, No one could talk Wayne out of the Chris Benoit bits. <laughs> I was very pleased with how often that went well, though. <laughs> I don't know if I was pleased or disturbed. Like, how many, how many times people were like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Kill your family, you say. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that was interesting because that was mainly a music crowd. And a mm-hmm. lot of them actually like paid attention, you know. And it was near Halloween, it was, it was, so this was like in the beginning of November, and we ran into this time not an attempted murder, but a murder of crows. But it was um, Brandon Lee the crows because there was a whole <laughs> table. They were dressed like the crow Brandon Lee, and I was so fixated on them the whole time i was like what the f- how did one you guys all get together go let's all be brandon lee the crow two i, I want to go in there next time just dressed up as hulk hogan and just start pointing at everybody because they all look like sting <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like we don't know sting we're doing brandon lee the crow damn it you gotta it's go the in same there fucking paint <laughs> it's I the same Sting's shit similar. No, no, I think Sting's uh, face paint was actually modeled after the crow. What? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm he ripped off the crow. I'm pretty positive. Yeah. Wow. I could well, be wrong on that. Ask Ask Lloyd. That's Next true. Time yeah. Jungle Mike. We got a. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's a. That's a perfect. <laughs> that's a perfect one to end on. Jungle Mike. So this is synonymous because I did fucking well there. <laughs> but <laughs> I did fucking well there. Uh, but um, 
so this was really why don't you set the table? Can you set the table and I will um I will react off of your reenactment of it? Because it's gonna sound petty if I, I do the story. I don't want to. Yeah, so <clears throat> Anthony Anthony's talked about his uh uh California sober bit. And um you're cool if I say the final line, right? I think you have in previous podcasts. Yeah. Um so the final line of that bit is it's not gay, it's San Francisco straight. And that could have good laugh. You know, so he did what well, it was a five I think it was five minute sets. Had a really nice five minutes, ended off with that nice laugh, get off stage. And there was a little misunderstanding, I think. Um Lloyd was hosting that night and, and got up and, and made a comment that gay should never be the punchline of a joke. Um and the record I don't... literally skipped. It was like <laughs> And I was like, what? <laughs> now, I don't, I do not, I honestly, I truthfully do not believe it was aimed at you. I think that was just a statement. Uh, I don't either, but the bullet hit Kennedy in the back of the fucking head. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like when you're like trying to hit a pinata and you miss and you hit grandma on the head. But like, you didn't mean it, but you still made contact. <laughs> yeah, know? she's still dead. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh my god there was this fucking kid i don't care about him because i'll never see him again and i love lloyd who cares he was he didn't mean to do it but he did it <laughs> it was i told him it was just like when maggie simpson shot the burns it's like i don't know if she meant to do it but he was in the hospital for a while there's a couple simpson episodes about it uh, but anyways there was this kid and um, he was San Francisco straight, and he was so mad. <laughs> he was so mad at me once because everybody because I had a good set, so I was high fiving people. And then he said that, and I know he didn't mean to, but everybody looked at me when he said that, obviously. And this kid was like, "Hmm," <laughs> 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 one of those. <laughs> then he went up, and his first line was shitting on you. Remember that? that kid? Me? Yeah. What do you say? I don't remember that. The kid that did the whole fucking um, Hamas Israel five minutes. What did he say about me? He said, because uh, you did um, for, you did one joke and he was like, I'm not going to do jokes about. And he didn't say that voice. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he fucking did. Uh, he, he was like, uh, "I'm not gonna say jokes about blank," and it was one of the jokes that you did. Um, I forgot what oh, it was. So. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it the Dick Spencer-y joke? Yes. Yep. 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 Was, yep. Oh, yeah. So that makes sense. That makes sense. It does make that sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Listen, we're we were wrong. We need to take the perspective on this, right? As we're like going in there and we're like, "Hey." fuck you guys with these jokes we're gonna be we're gonna push the limit a little bit um so when the limit gets pushed back on us it's kind of what we ask for so we can't really be pissed off about it but i just thought it was a it was the funniest thing that's happened to me so far in comedy because i remember sitting in the parking lot with you afterwards and you laughing for it's the hardest you laughed in comedy since we started <laughs> yeah dude, I, I i think we were probably staying outside for a half hour and i was laughing every time i tried to console you because you were like visibly up, like, not upset, but like just like, like I can't believe it just happened, and I just yeah. could not keep it in. I was just laughing so hard, and every time I was like, "Well, you know, I'm sure they didn't." 
Because <laughs> I literally, uh, uh, Peter there who runs Jungle Bike, I saw him in the hallway right before I went out, and I was so fucking cocky before. I was like, watch this shit. <laughs> and I went up and that happened. Um, I'm really glad it did, obviously, for the content of how funny that story was that that happened. Because, again, we do it. Lloyd's a, a friend. We know him on the show. We know he wasn't trying to do that. He was just um, sometimes in comedy when you're hosting i can say that now that i've hosted something you hear a word and it triggers a joke in your head or you're like oh i talk about this on stage so someone yeah. does something in their act that goes you go i can call this back and talk about it and i think he had a point about gay jokes that he was making because he transitioned into another minute about that into it yeah. and the fact that the end of my joke went there triggered it in his head to start talking about it but yeah. how he started was he was trying to do a whole thing about gay. So he's like, you should never have a punchline be gay. And then he went on to more stuff. And I think in his head, he wasn't thinking about me. This is exactly what he said. So hopefully. I mean, that, it makes a lot of sense. Right? You watch, like, I hope Derek... so. <laughs> well, it's like, like, remember when, like, Derek Zeba went up into that whole uh, naked and afraid joke? And mm. it sounded like it was right off the top of his head. He did it right after somebody came off the stage talking about making a frame. He just went up and did like two or three minutes on it. So it was very similar. Something just, boom, triggered that. And he went up and did his jokes. But Because well, he did a similar that joke. Was, I'm, I would never watch Naked and Afraid. <laughs> then everyone would be looking at him like, why are you watching that shit? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So if, if, that's your, if that's your way to get into the joke... And it just happens to be like that's what you need to say to get into it, and it just happens to make that person look weird, and you don't really put those two together. I don't know. He felt so bad, so at least there's that. I like, I know he did. I heard it too. <laughs> I was <laughs> he like, was apologizing to me. I, know. <laughs> I, was like, I don't give a fuck. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, motherfucker, I feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awesome. I loved that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just you being like, yeah, but it's not like it was in front of the guy that runs it and everybody there looked at you really weird afterwards and then the guy who was definitely California straight next to you was like, what? <laughs> I I was so, standing next I was I was sitting next to you and I felt the hate gazes. Oh. Cuz could you, so there's a thing called mom mentality folks where everybody it goes both directions. So I had a good set. So every like one kid comes to me, he's like, "Hey man, that was fucking awesome," and I'm high fiving multiple people, including Lloyd. Hug Lloyd. And then as that was happening, everything turned dark. It was like one of those the Disney <laughs> cartoons where the where the light goes out and everything goes. The in music like this. starts in the background. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was such a good fredo michael corleone movie a moment uh when he <clears throat> fucking got off stage i was like lloyd you killed me <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Uh, oh my god. But a good story. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> oh my god.
crying over here. Um, the bombs are the best episodes. <laughs> yeah. You know what they say, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You can look back at those things and really get a lot of information from them. Like, you know, not everybody finds something funny. And, you know. Right. Find me a person that doesn't find the situation I was just in funny. <laughs> this, this kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God he bombed his dick off afterwards. <laughs> he had to go fucking trade it into your dispensary. <laughs> oh, my God. He's just like, he's like, you guys aren't funny. Here's some jokes about Hamas. <laughs> I remember being the only one oh, laughing. I rem- I rem- I remember that now. I remember that specifically. Yeah, it I, won't you, I, I won't tell you why. But I remember that specifically. I'll tell you why I do cuz I fucking um it, it cuz he did a couple like really heinous not I'm not calling it heinous but he's doing statistics of the, the war which are going to be heinous in their context. And uh it really took the energy out of the room except out mm-hmm. of me. Because I was so happy it was happening to him. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> He's li- it's just silence. He's looking at me, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the fucking old guy in the wheelchair in Breaking Bad. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, it's just oh. so fucking it was like um it was just karma just karma in action there but that's the fun thing about it because um i obviously i'm never going there again (laughs) but it's that place unfortunately has been ruined um now you can go back nobody remembers you no it's not that it's just kind of like imagine if you went to um dairy queen and hulk hogan tombstoned your grandmother to death and like, he didn't. Tombstone, so just saying. <clears throat> I'm trying to be topical with Lloyd and his wrestling. All right, shut the fuck up. What the hell are you talking about? There's the Undertaker. Uh, okay, he does a leg drop on your grandmother. Okay, Hulk Hogan does the fucking. Him does and his L five L six spine fused together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fifty years of dropping on his asshole. It's the calcium the ridden fucking mass of flesh that is Hulk Hogan's back. And that gigantic elephant trunk dick he has lands on the face of your grandmother. <laughs> and that was the secret of the leg drop. It had nothing to do with the leg. No, it, <laughs> it, was, it was just the hog smacking you through the eyeballs. It's the peg drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Oh <laughs> Dick stamps your grandmother. She's her head explodes all over the ground at Dairy Queen, and it's just a mess. Because he was like, "I thought this was part of the show. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't even know that was your grandmother." Uh, anyways, you're gonna take a break from Dairy Queen for a little while, no matter how good it is. It's <laughs> my point about not going to Jungle Mike. <laughs> There was a place called uh, TD Waffle near my house. Um, when I was younger, Hulk Hogan and fucked my grandmother. <laughs> my my dad my dad brought my grandmother there along with me one morning for breakfast on a Saturday, and she was probably I don't know, she had to have been like seventy six or something at the time, 
And we're sitting in the booth, and she goes, what's the name of this place? And it goes, Titty Waffle. She goes, Titty Waffle? They want me to strip? And I never went back. I was, I was like, no. Right? Never. Exactly. Titty Waffle. Jesus, I've never heard that word come out of her mouth before. She was very prim and proper. <laughs> Get me one of the table boys to come over here and touch my feet. Damn, Grandma. <laughs> Oh, goddamn. So, that's the first time we ever talked about a bomb that I didn't technically bomb at. I bombed as a person. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, sure. I think we did yeah, it, right? We wrap it up. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So, if you're listening to this, we've already had our shows of Delusional, and we don't know how they went, because we haven't done them yet in real life. So, we hope they did good. Um if they didn't, this will be the last episode. <laughs> we'll <they're> gonna stop. <laughs> so hopefully they did. And just remember that uh, even if you're a comic and you bomb, or if you're an aspiring comic and you're afraid to bomb, or if you're a fan of comedy and you feel bad for the people that do, don't to all of those. Because it's just part of the fucking process and it's fun and you get to laugh about it. Like a week later, you're always laughing about it. And it is an essential and worthy step for lives. Lloyd, you killed me. <laughs> <laughs>